Welcome back to Drop Everything, the Juggling Podcast, brought to you by the International Juggling Association. We're going to be doing part two of David Kane's podcast, the noted juggler and juggling historian. Thanks to our sponsor, Todd Smith, and engineer Karen Holzman. Now let's get ready to talk more with David Kane. So then, okay, so let's talk a little bit about this this niche you found yourself in, because when I, whenever I teach anybody, I do some some coaching. I often use you as an example of someone who who found not only a type of juggling um, to do, but a type of juggling they wanted to do for an audience they right. wanted to do it for. So now, obviously, you, you're the, the head of the Christian Juggling Association. Uh, used, to used to be. Is that still yeah. uh, something that's going on? Or? Uh, yeah, the, the association is still going on. Uh, uh, different leadership. Uh, there have been probably five or six different presidents over the years. Um, but if someone is interested, yeah, they still I, can join the Christian Juggling Association? Yep. Uh, there's a website for it, and there's a uh, Facebook uh, group for it, and we have there's still a convention every year, a festival every year that, that, that they have. Um, so yeah, I, it was a way of combining my uh, Christian faith uh, with my juggling, and uh, I love it. The audiences are great. It's very low stress. Um, I always give them more than they're expecting. Um, uh, I get to do comedy. I get to do technical stuff. I get to share a message that I I, I believe in. Um, it's just uh, it's the ideal niche for me. And, and like like you said, uh, if a juggler can find uh, a niche that uh, first of all will provide them for opportunities opportunities to perform, and also be something that they have interest in and and, and things of that sort. Um, that's a really ideal situation. I always say search for the, the lifestyle you want. I mean, because yep. a lot of juggling jobs require a tremendous deal of travel. Like the people yeah. who are working cruise ships or working long-term engagements in, let's say, variety shows or, or uh, overseas in Europe. And that could really be difficult on uh, relationships and on having a family life. Yep. So yep. to find a niche like this, uh, and then so... You, you said you sort of thought about this idea. Were you? Was this how this idea arise and develop to perform well, at churches? Had you ever seen uh, anybody else doing a sort of entertaining program in the churches? Yeah, and there were some. There were some magicians and others that did it. But there were no jugglers um, that I was aware of, um, and so I said, you know, this is this is something that I I definitely could do. I was. It was funny at the at the time. Well, previous to, to developing the, the juggling ministry, I was pursuing a sideline as a Christian songwriter, and m- more so as a songwriter, and a bit as a performer, uh, singer and, and songwriter, um, and had a little bit of success with that. I had some people cover uh, or record some of my songs, and I did some concerts from time to time, but I... I realized through some wisdom of uh, 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 some other people that, that talked to me that there are lots and lots of people pursuing uh, Christian music, but here I was a, uh, uh, you know, a fairly high caliber juggler. Uh, and there were, you know, that was a unique thing I could pursue. And once that light bulb went on in my mind, I'm like, you're right. I can, I can take the creativity that I, uh, was using for the songwriting, apply that to my juggling, and uh, that's what I did. And I had a couple 
really big opportunities right at the beginning uh, of my career uh, or, or my gently ministry uh, that really, really helped immensely. I, I had a huge front cover uh, newspaper article about uh, my ministry uh, on the front of the Cincinnati Inquirer, which is the biggest newspaper in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, which is the area I live in. Um, and I also got to, to perform at a giant, giant event, uh, music fest, Christian music festival in uh, Kentucky, where there were, you know, 3,000 churches represented. And so um, both those things together really uh, skyrocketed uh, the ministry uh to a very quick start. Well, those are the best kind of shows when you can perform oh, yeah. in front of potential clients and they can actually see exactly what paid. you do and get paid. <laughs> it's fantastic. So we've pretty much caught yes, up on your is. history. To, so that's currently what you're kind of doing today is still doing. Yeah. How many is it? Is it tapered off? Is it still about the same amount or? Oh, well, you know, I don't do 235 bookings anymore, but I make a lot more per booking and I travel more. And, you know, I've got two, I'm a single dad of two kids. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine doing that many, many gigs uh, and still be a responsible dad at the same time. Uh, so I do uh, probably about 100, 100 to 120 uh, bookings a year. Um, and I travel all across the U.S. and I uh, go to Asia sometimes and then Europe. Um, but uh, mainly it's here in the U.S., uh, all across the, the U.S. Um, and I've got, you know, some, some months I know I'm going to be busier. Uh, March, June, and July, and August are my, three, my four busiest months. Uh, other months are really slow. And so I can kind of plan my year and my life around uh, the schedule that I know I'm going to have. Uh, my kids juggle, uh, so that's fun to do that with them. Uh, and we talked about these so, multiple income streams that you could do at the church. Do you mind elaborating a little bit on that? Because I think it's a very smart business model. You said there's like four different sort of sources of, of income at these types of jobs. Well, um, well, there's the payment initially. Yeah, there's initial payment. There's selling things afterwards. Uh, there's the fact that uh, at churches, unlike just about anything else, uh, people will give you extra money. Uh, I mean, sometimes, you know, if I get booked to do a, a church for 500 or seven, whatever it is, 500 or $700 or whatever, uh, I'll, I'll often do the gig and afterwards they'll say, oh, here's an extra $200 or whatever. You don't get that <laughs> no, with anything else. You don't. Very uh, rarely at a corporate gig and, do they, uh, even though one time no. we did get a $5,000 tip, I must say. For a four-day uh, Eckerd drug uh, store where we emceed for four days, and he—I think that's the—I guess probably the only time we ever got a tip. At least it was uh, quite chunky. Right, and then uh, also you just have individuals, audience members, come up afterwards and, and give you things. I have people shake my hand and they palm me a hundred-dollar <laughs> bill. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then yeah, I, I sell things after the shows as well. So. You know, it, it, it's uh, – but, but then again, you know, so, you know, I, I make a I make a, a decent living uh, doing what I do. And I, I love doing what it is, what, what I do. But um, I've also put in the work. I've put in 32 years of practice. Of um, 
and you know, I, I think of what I do in, in terms of three different areas. It's the technical juggling, it's the entertainment value, the, the comedy and, and everything, audience participation and everything along those lines, and then the message. And so I want all three to be the highest quality that I can can provide. I want it to be a um, a truly world class or completely professional uh, presentation on all three of those levels. Well, it's a great philosophy for success. We've caught up on your history. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the history of juggling, perhaps, or, or let's talk about how you started your collection. Is that that's something quite recently? Maybe sure. two or three years ago, you started that. Uh, almost two years ago. Uh, it, June 1st will be two years. Um, well, I've always had a great, great uh, love of juggling history and trivia. Um, I, I've won some juggling trivia competitions at the IJA Fest in the past and uh, always had uh, just a, a real love for knowing all the, all the history. And so, uh, and I, I've done some writing in the past for uh, a juggle magazine about juggling history and things of that sort. But um, two years ago, uh, I got a call from Alan Howard saying that um, someone had some Van Wick juggling clubs for sale. And Van Wick was the first uh, retail juggling prop manufacturer, and he was the first person to uh, have you know retail juggling clubs uh, for sale. And he lived and worked right in Cincinnati. Where well, I what year are we talking about, so, Wick? Is that maybe 30s or 40s? or? Nope. Uh, eight, 1890s. 1890s. Uh, and he was the first uh, person to commercially produce juggling gloves. 1890s. Yes. Wow. 1895 he started. Uh, and um, for about 20 to 30 years he was, well, until 1919 he was the only retail maker of juggling equipment. And these, of course, are uh, wooden, they're hollow, wooden type of? They're wooden, hollow. I, I could get one and show it to you. Well, is there a place where people could go and go to your website and see pictures of the stuff oh, we yeah. talk about? Uh, you can see everything. Uh, it's uh, www.historicaljugglingprops.com. Um, so it, it started with this, just these three bandwidth clubs. And... Uh, I uh, had recently uh, gone through a uh, divorce that I wasn't happy about going through, uh, and so I said, "This will be this will be my uh, my therapy to myself. Uh, I'm going to start collecting historical juggling props." And uh, I cannot believe what I've been able to get a hold of. In how, how many props you two. have in the, over two years? How many of you have you amassed? Oh, uh, hundreds, and, and but it's not just the props; it's whose props I've got. I mean, behind me here, uh, I've got two rooms. I have a dining room and a living room that have been turned into a museum. Uh, I've got props from Francis Brun, Lottie Brun, Anthony Gatto, Ernest Montego, uh, Massimiliano Truzzi. Um, uh, Rudy Cardenas, Bobby May. Uh, okay, if your house was on fire, what would be the yes. one prop that you would grab? Uh, I, don't know. Grab one. I don't know. What would it be that uh, you'd rush out with? Well, 
maybe the most unique prop I have is I have, I have a ring from Alexander Kiss, the great Russian juggler, who uh, is kind of the father of Russian juggling. He was a teacher of Agnes uh, Vignatov, him and his wife, correct? Valetta? His, 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 his sister. Uh, Violetta Kiss, his sister. Uh, oh, it's his sister. sister All right. Was, uh, yeah, Ignatov's teacher. Um, uh, oh, I, I, I've got insane stuff. I've got uh, Bob Ramson's hoops. I've got um, uh, Howard Nichols' hoop. I've got just insane things here. Uh, I, I've got a, a machete that was passed around Johnny Carson by you. By the recipe. Uh, Let's, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, David. We always, okay. we sometimes have these kind of conversations. All right, jugglers, top five. This is, of course, your your take. It's not necessarily that you think this is for everybody. Who are your your desert island jugglers that you'd like to watch that that you really stand out for you style wise? Who are your top five guys? Okay, as far as my favorite, I'm not not necessarily saying right because. It's hard to say, like, when people talk about the greatest yeah. juggler, because right, to right. me there are three types of jugglers, basically. You have your technical jugglers, who might be like your Anthony Gattos, maybe now like your your right. uh, your Albert Lucases, you know, are pretty much straightforward technical demonstrations of skill. You have your artistic right. guys, who are like your Victor Keys, your Vladics, who mix in with a lot of dancing, a lot more even storyline. Sure. Then you have your comedy jugglers, who are your talkers. So each person might have their own preference for what type of juggler they like. Right. So over that broad range, this, we can only pick five. So who would be who would be your guys? Right. Well, the, the way I'm, I look at it is I look at the act as a whole. Um, Ernest Montego, uh, I just love uh, the variety of things he did. And, see, over his career, he... He really had a. He kept changing his act and improving it, and and um, he did the so, run I love the on the unicycle. On the unicycle. And I, I just, Can you spell his name yeah. for people who might want to look him up in on the internet? Is, does he have any videos on YouTube? Uh, yeah, yeah, and you can see. You can, I've got a bunch of his props here, so you can you can find a, the page on okay. my so website. And also, he turned out this props. is an interesting story to be Francis Brun's half brother, and he didn't know that. Yes, but he did. Didn't know that. Uh, yeah, the, uh, he was already performing uh, when he he learned that his his actual father was the, the father of Francis and Lottie Brun. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, really interesting story. And there's a wonderful, wonderful documentary about his life um, that I wish more jugglers had have seen had seen. It's uh, only a few have seen it, it's, but it's really an amazing documentary. Um, right, so who makes your list? He's, uh, he's like, we don't have to say he's number five. He's one of the five. You got, you got, you got four five. more to go. Because we won't put, we won't pin you down as if who's your favorite of the five, right. just overall. So who's your number four? Oh, uh, Bob Bramson. Good choice, Bob Bramson. Had a very uh, long career. Uh, Probably one of the longest. Long I mean, he started as a, ch a child with his parents, and yeah. then when he retired, I think at an IJ convention, I think in Rapid City. Yeah, but he actually came out of retirement after that and, and performed a little bit more and then re-retired. Re so he performed, but into his maybe 60s or something? or Oh, uh, yeah, uh, late late 60s, I mean, yeah, mid to late 60s, and started very, very early. Um, 
had just an amazing career, amazing act. I mean, uh, you know, he and Howard Nichols are undoubtedly the two best hoop rolling jugglers ever. That's uh, certainly a, a a art form you don't or a type of juggling you don't see much is hoop rolling. It, yeah, it's starting to come back. I, I see. I think you see a little bit with like back. with the hula hoopers have sort of picked up some of the yeah, moves. That, and there's a great Russian uh, artist. I'm sure you think you know who I'm talking about. A woman who does a hula hoop. Yes, Re- really. Do you know nice. her name? Because I, I don't think I know it offhand. I I don't know her name. I think she's one of the, um, the juggling art. The the art. There's the, a raw raw, raw artists, arts, is that it? which I believe is, is uh, Victor Key's artistic agency. Yeah, I think so. But if if someone looked up raw sure. art, yeah, yeah. If you see raw arts. Uh, hoop rolling, you'll find. Fantastic act. Um, All right, so we have, uh, yeah, we have Ernest Montego, we have uh, uh, Bromson. Bob Brown. And, and, and I'll tell you, both of those gentlemen have become friends of mine uh, in the last couple of years. And that's, you know, one thing that's been really neat for me is to go from being a kid who idolized uh, you and all, idolized all of these people who are now friends of mine. And that's really, really Well, cool. I have to say my biggest um, thrill is uh, Chris Cremo, you know, to have, have seen yep. him, because he was the first guy I saw when I was 14, to actually right. sort of consider him a friend. And I think that's one thing about juggling, is you could, like, maybe, like, Slash the guitarist and become a guitarist. Your chances of hanging out with Slash are still pretty slim. But very but true. In juggling, I think there's such a camaraderie among the, the top professionals to the amateurs is that bond of juggling is, is so strong. Yeah. All right, so who we've got three more to go. Oh, man. You know, je- if you'd said top seven, that'd be a lot easier than top well, Maybe five. you can sneak in those um, other two at the end, and we'll probably wrap we'll, up we'll after see. this, but this is going to be our, uh, our, sure. our shout-out to these jugglers who have inspired us. All right. Um, uh, Evgeny Belauer, the great Russian juggler, uh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, you know, a lot of people, when they see Bellauer, uh, they're like, that's that's all the stuff that Gatto does. And uh, he really, I think he probably had a great influence on Anthony Gatto. Um, I remember the one trick he did. He did the five clubs, three up front roll, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> in, in his act, yes. In, in his act. In his act. We're talking you know, night after night in, in the in the top Russian circuses. Yep. Was yep. he also a student yep. of, of uh, Alexander and, and Victoria Kiss, or? No, no, he was not. Um, I think he, I, I may be wrong, but I think he studied under Bauman, uh, which was a, another very well-known Russian juggling teacher. Um, but I'm actually getting a box of his props and the costume and some other things uh, next week. Is he still alive? So I'm, I'm not excited. really quite sure. He was from the 50s he, and 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, and, and 70s a bit as well. Um, he, he was actually a contemporary of Ignatov, but I think he came a little bit before Ignatov. But there was a lot of overlap in their careers, and they kind of always competed to be the, the top Russian juggler, uh, Soviet juggler. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's still alive. He... Uh, does some he lives in Moscow and at least until fairly recently he did some circus directing and things of that sort um, I'm not sure if he's really retired right now or not but I think he is but, well he's got to be um, 
in the 70s or something? Yeah, early 70s, I would guess. Yeah. Not that many, um, maybe Dieter Tasso, you think, is the oldest living performing juggler? He's got to be. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And he's still uh, at a quite a high level. I mean, he's a comedy juggler, but he's working good juggler, places and making eight, good money. And Yeah, he's 80 or 81 years old, I think. Um, and he performs at the Wisconsin, Wisconsin Dells every summer, all summer long, uh, a couple shows a day. Uh, and then, it's got to be a fairly uh, hard gig. That's like out on the water. It's outside. Good yeah. act. Once again, Dieter Tasso. Uh, that's T A S S O. Another fellow yep. you can look up yeah. on YouTube. And you can find him on my website as well. Very smart. Where he started as a center ring juggler, technical juggler, did the cups and saucers on the slack rope. And as he got yep. older, he developed more of a comedy act. It extended I, his career I, many, many years, and he's still working. Great example of changing with your age and and keeping relevant. Uh, yeah, he did one of the most amazing tricks ever, which is, uh, yeah, he, he was known for doing the, the cup, kicking the cups and saucers up to his head on the slack wire, but in 53, I believe, uh, when he was with Ringling, uh, he did it for that season on a unicycle on the slack there wire. There you go. So, a la Rudy yeah. Horn, but taking it up on the, the slack wire. Slackwire. So that's pretty amazing. Um, oh, we got two right. more. Just uh, two more. more. Alexander. Well, I've got. I'll, I'll give you three. Oh, okay. We'll, 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 we'll give you the top more. six. We won't give you the top seven though. Right. So you got three more. You, you got to only do it in three though. All right. Alexander Kiss, uh, uh, the, the great Russian juggler from the 50s and 60s, because he was the first person to do five club back crosses. And then just about everything else in his act has never been duplicated. I like the eight rings on the rollabola with the head balance. With head the balance. bouncing I club on his kiss. forehead. Yes. The <laughs> he, he, invented, he was a oh, great inventor. I mean, he certainly was a guy you could look yes. at and go, oh, he created a lot of, of stuff we still see today. Right. Uh, and, and his six ring routine with the, the, the two segmented pole and the ball. That is an amazing routine. So Alexander uh, Kiss, another first, of course, we can look up and watch on YouTube. There's some black and white yeah, videos of him I've seen. Yeah, and there's oh, and there's a new color one. There's a new color, really crisp version of his act uh, that's now available on YouTube. And you can see, you can find that on my website as well because I do have. Uh, one Give of your website props. a name again so people can find you. Historicaljugglingprops.com. Okay, cool, and you have links to all these different videos and. Yeah, they're, they're all on there. So they're, for you listeners interested in the history of juggling and being inspired by these great jugglers, that's your resource right there. All right, you got two more, correct? Two more to go. Uh, yep. So let's uh, recap. Alberto we had Montego. Okay. We had Ignatov. We had Bromson. We had Kiss. And Bill Not Ignatov. Uh, Bellauer. Yes. So you got two more to go. Uh, so, yeah. Now, I see you're not right. really mentioning too many contemporary jugglers, but these all seem to be fairly jugglers from the past. Yeah. You want to... Yeah. Even I, I, well, I won't. I won't influence your final two. I'll let you just go for it. Okay. Okay. Because uh, I, I do love the past jugglers. You know, I I love current jugglers, but yeah, there, there's something about the the his, the old historical jugglers that uh, just has a special place for me. All right, your final two. All right. David Kane's final two top jugglers. Oh, gosh. Two. I've got, I've got three in my mind. That's All right. <laughs> Let's hear the first two, then maybe sneak that last one in before we say goodbye. All right. All right. Um, Alberto Sforzi, 
Very uh, the Italian that's juggler. a name that not many people probably have heard of as, as far as right. Uh, amazing juggler. Uh, uh, he's about 72, 73 years old, retired, uh, in, living in Italy. He performed in uh, the same Italian circus his entire career, and so uh, he didn't get around the world uh, a lot, so people don't know him as well. But here's a guy who devoted his entire life to juggling. Uh, he would take the best tricks of all the jugglers in the entire world, learned the very, their very best tricks, and, and filled his act with those tricks. Um, he did uh, like a 35-minute center, you know, he was in the in the ring for like 35 minutes doing his act. And we're talking a guy, not talking and, guy. Here's a guy who just basically is demonstrating, and he was also a slack rope artist as well, as I remember. And yes. Great yes. versatility for this fellow. Oh, yeah. Monster yeah, driver, very like much. Paul Bach would say he's he a did, monster. Yes. He did 10 rings on a slack wire while spinning a ring on his ankle. He did... Um, he did the uh, most of the Brun finish on a on a unicycle. Uh, he did. Um, uh, he jumped rope while juggling six rings with a ball on a head pedestal. Must have been quite he, a heavy pedestal, I imagine. To, I imagine. Yeah, because well. I know Rastelli did that um, same trick with a, with the ball bouncing, the jumping rope. Well, no, no, no. Uh, Rastelli didn't do it with the ball. He he either did six plates with ball bouncing, or he did six plates with a and ring on his rope. ankle and jumping rope, okay. but not with right, the ball with bouncing. With a pedestal, that's that's pretty amazing. Jumping rope. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, but he wasn't the first. Sforzi wasn't the first one to do it with the pedestal while jumping rope. That was uh, uh, Pisanelli. Pisanelli, who is still alive, uh, another Italian juggler, I believe. Um, who's like in his 90s. He, 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 this guy met Rastelli and he's that's still alive. Amazing. And so that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, but Swarzy, he just, you have, you have to see a video of his stuff to see a huge number of things. Maybe did. the IJ could invite uh, him out sometime as our historical... Well, they did. He he won the, the award oh, last year, historical achievement last year, but he wasn't able to... Oh, that's to too bad. So... Did yeah, they show a video? Bad. Did they uh, at least? No, no. But uh, I, I did at the festival. I, I did make a presentation uh, of plaque, and which is being, it's actually been sent to him twice and then returned. So we're still trying to. And get do you have any of his his props? I, I'm getting some, but nice. I don't have them yet. Um, but I highly recommend looking up Alberto Sforzi. S F O R Z I. And then last uh, one, and maybe you could sneak that other one as an, as an aside, okay. and then we'll plug your uh, history Massimo, lounge because yep. people then can see you at okay. the Skiers convention. Yep. yep. Uh, uh, Massimiliano. Okay. Last one is Massimiliano Truzzi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just a, another guy who had, you know, a 35-minute circus act, which is you know unheard of today. Um, he just did so many amazing things. The Combination tricks he did. Uh, the, I mean, this is a guy who had a mouse stick and and balanced a glass fishbowl on it. Had another fishbowl on his foot and would switch them. Okay, <laughs> right. And that, that's an sure, amazing sure. trick. <laughs> uh, 
I remember um, he worked with the great clown Emmett Kelly. I love that story where yeah. he would throw the ball out and to the, be thrown back to be caught on the mouth stick, and he would intentionally knock over Emmett Kelly, who had a big, big box of popcorn or something like that. So yeah. he had some shtick in there yeah. as, as well, an entertainer. Yes, he did. He, he's a very, very funny gentleman. Uh, he's a, a Renaissance man. He was a master chess player and uh, spoke a number of languages and did all types of things. Um, but he, he just his, his stage presence was so huge. He was a he was a big tall man, and uh, um, his style w- was great. But also, just the tricks he did uh, were amazing. He did um, six plates while bouncing a ball on his head. Um, he did um, these five giant clubs, and then uh, did a cascade, then did a little brief shower with them uh he did just all types he did uh, uh the three ball stack uh uh not spinning right, a balance but then he did four yeah they did four balls they even did four balls on his foot uh balance he did just did all these amazing things that you don't see nowadays the the, the one one thing that i don't like about more modern jugglers is that everybody seems to do the same stuff you mean prop-wise or um, trick-wise or? Both, both. Uh, all the props look exactly alike. And all the, the upcoming, it's not all, but so many of the upcoming jugglers, they, they look what everyone else is doing and they want to do exactly what everyone else is doing. And that is not a way to set yourself apart in the world of juggling. Words of wisdom, David Kane. words of wisdom. I know, I know. Um, All right, give a shout-out to the last one, real quick. Rastelli. Rastelli. Enrico Rastelli. Who I'm still – I've got – from everyone I've I've mentioned so far, I've got props from them or I have props from them coming. Rastelli, I don't. I really, really wish I had uh, uh, a Rastelli prop. But they're they're few and far between. I always Um, say that the death of Rastelli – was probably one of the biggest blows to juggling ever because he probably could have established the juggler as a star, as its own his own touring, like a Houdini. And his yep. death, I believe at age 35, uh, sort of cut short what could have been sort of our Houdini. I, I absolutely agree. And, uh, well, okay, let's talk about your history lounge. Give us, just mention the name of the last guy, just... You had one uh, more you wanted to say, that? or was Rastelli the? That oh was no, the extra. Rastelli was the last. One. Yep, Rastelli. Okay, well, okay. Was the last one. Who was your favorite yep. current juggler? Which is one. If you had to pick one name of a guy you see nowadays who you sort of oh, epitomizes what you like about juggling, just give, give wow, some uh, some props to some young up and comer or some guy who's still working. Man, that is hard to say. Uh, and I, I like I like a lot of different people, and I I, I think there are some amazing amazing jugglers that not enough people know. Well, about. I'll give a shout out to I Kyle mean, Driggs. I thought uh, oh great great yeah. Job. I mean because for me he kind of has that full package of the technique the style. I was surprised uh, you know because we had talked about the the competitions where he came in first, and you were one of the right. preliminary judges. And uh, he competed against Wes Peden, who's a, a fantastic juggler, very strong juggler. 
Sure. And when so when Kyle Driggs came out on top, I was very impressed. And then when I watched his routine, I thought, oh, okay, this is a really professional juggling act. Yeah. Well, and and it a lot of that came down to the performances that night. Of course, like it always does. Uh, because in prelims, Wes had a perfect his prelim act right. perfect. And and uh, if he had done that perfect act, uh, he probably would have won just because the technical level is yes, so Yes, you consider high. probably one of the highest technical oh, levels absolutely. now. I mean, absolutely. his juggling is amazing. I mean, all, 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 so many of the people coming out of Jay Gilligan's uh, uh, training. Sure. The Tony uh, Pezzo's. They the have that. Patrick Elmer. Tony Pezzo, Patrick uh, Eller, you know, all those folks. Amazing, amazing technical level, amazing creativity. Um, I mean, so yeah, you have to do a, certainly do a shout out to all those, all those guys. Um, uh, if you just want pure techni- technical, old school stuff, uh, Nikolai Grasimov from Russia. You know, well, I, I, a lot of people don't even know who he is, but this is a guy that performs. Um, uh, seven clubs, a long run of seven clubs, an, uh, an eight club flash, eleven ring flash with no holsters or right. anything like that, ten rings with a pole balance, nine rings with a ball bounce, all these amazing things in a really weird style. Is he the one who holds his arms like uh, outwards, like kind of a more of a T? Outward, yeah. For, for, for even numbers, he hold, holds his arms straight outward. For odd numbers, he it's almost like a flat front. Cascades. And is there a link to him maybe on uh, your site, or could you spell that name for us, Grasimov? Grasimov, G-E-R-A-S-I-M-O-D. Yeah, he's definitely worth saying because Grasimov. his style of holding his arms is, is quite unusual and very visually uh, really appealing, weird. I think. It is. Uh, he doesn't have much stage presence, which uh, is a shame, but uh, what he does is very odd and very, very high technical level. Um when when I first got a video of him, which is before long before anything was online of him, um, I was talking to Anthony Gatto and I said, "Have you heard of him?" And he said, "No." I said, or he said, "Maybe I've heard his name." I said, "Let me send you a video of him." And I did that, and Anthony uh, called me back and he said, uh, "This guy has no idea." How hard the things he's doing are. Yeah, he's 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 a, a otherworldly. Yeah. Let's give a quick yes. shout out to Gatto, who just I guess just retired from uh, his career. Th- that would appear to be the case. Uh, we've had no official word from him, but uh, all indications are that, that is. The well, case. a big shout out to Anthony for an, an amazing career. Now, if, let's say if people want to see your display, it's going to be at the the next IJ Festival. Yes, I'll have the whole display there uh, in the History Lounge. Uh, last year I did it with Paul Bachman, who is kind of my uh, juggling, collecting mentor. Uh, uh, but this year I'm doing it all by myself. Paul is expected to be there to kind of a, uh, host the lounge with me, but it's going to be my stuff there. Uh, Paul was very gracious and has uh, gave me quite a bit of his stuff uh, uh, in the past year. Um he does still have some amazing things that uh, maybe maybe one day he he would bless me with. Uh, he has. I know he's uh, talked about giving his collection to some worthy 
successor. And I can't think of a person more worthy than you at this moment, David Kane. So well, we'll see. What I, I, I talk had, to Paul, I'll put in a good had, word because me and Paul are good friends. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll put that bug in his ear for you. Uh, but Paul has the uh, Alexander Kiss Bouncing Club, uh, and he does have some Rastelli like, props. Someday uh, those will be he, mine. Uh, no, I, I I don't presume that at all. <laughs> I know. But uh, that uh, Paul is a true inspiration for uh, someone who is devoted. Uh, a large majority of his life to jump, the juggling art and and to collecting and preserving history. And that's really what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to preserve history, uh, the history of our art, uh, through its props and uh, especially through its props, but also through pictures and video and things of that We are to commend it. It's a worthy pursuit. And unfortunately, I will not be seeing you at the convention. I'll be working in South Korea. But it's great to see you over the huh? Skype, and thanks so much for being the very first guest on the Drop Everything podcast for the IJA. It's been a real pleasure talking well, to you. Well, I, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, hopefully, I, I haven't looked too weird. I've been staring at a cartoon of your face for an hour and 12 minutes. Well, next uh, time I'll have a video. But, uh, I, don't, I haven't quite set up the video camera. Uh, my, my lovely wife, no Karen problem. Holzman, is doing all my engineering, and... I'm hoping this is going to be uh, this month of May. We'll have one. We'll probably break this up into several parts because we went quite long. Okay. But hopefully from now on we'll have two uh, podcasts a month with different jugglers, okay. different subjects. But thank you so much for talking about the history of juggling, and thank you so much for preserving these wonderful props. And I give you big credit. Wish I could see you at the IGA, but of course we'll keep talking over the phone like we do. Thanks again to David King. Absolutely. Thank you. That wraps up the first podcast of Drop Everything. I'm your host, Dan Holtzman. Thanks again to the International Juggling Association for hosting this podcast. And a special thanks to Scott Seltzer, publisher of eJuggle Magazine, for offering me this opportunity. Thanks, of course, to our sponsor, Todd Smith. Check out ToddSmith.com, where you can find The Assassin, the club with deadly accuracy. Don't forget to mention the podcast for your 10% discount. And thanks again to our first guest, David Kane. Enjoy yourselves juggle responsibly, and drop everything except when you're juggling.